0: Amen. We'll be a few different places in the Word of God tonight, but the first one is going to be the 128th Psalm. Tonight, I would simply like to talk about a blessed life. And when I say simply, I believe it's going to be a very simple message and a preacher always thinks about the the message that he has, and, he, and the preacher knows in advance, you know, what's going on in his heart and mind, and and what he's going to to preach. And and sometimes you think, well, it's just that's just too deep, and it's not explained well enough. And the, even though it's deep theology, people aren't going to get it. And then other times it, it's it's kind of like, well, that's so simple. Is that enough meat for? You know, those who are really students of the Word of God in an advanced way for many years. And, you know, you think about those things. And I thought of a message being too simple a while back. And, and then I heard someone repeating a lot of it. And that's what you want. You, you want the Word of God to go out and for people to get it. So let's see what happens tonight as we simply talk about a blessed life. There's a true story told of a man named Mr. Yates. He had a, a farm in Texas. And it was a long time ago. It was in the time of the Great Depression that was going on. And, and so the bank came and knocked on his door one last time out of several and said, well, it's come down to this, Mr. Yates. You have 30 days or we're going to have to foreclose on the farm. And he just sat there for almost a week and had no idea what to do, really had no plans, and, and a week after the bank had been there, someone else knocked on the door, and it was an oil company, and the oil company wanted permission to drill on his land, and he was a simple man in the way of he wouldn't have wanted to fool with that before. But now that he was losing his farm in three weeks from that point, he just said, Why not? So I guess they figured out the negotiations and the business of what would happen if there were any oil. And they came on the farmland and they started drilling and they hit a gusher. 82,000 barrels of oil per day. Mr. Yates got to keep his farm. Not only that, he was a millionaire. The question is, was he a millionaire when the oil company hit oil, or was he a millionaire when he bought the farm? He was a millionaire when he purchased his land, though he didn't act like it, though he didn't use it, though he didn't really know it, but he was walking around on a ton of wealth. The moment someone enters a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives, they have everything that they need for the Christian life. There are those in this room right now, some who have possibly been saved over 60 years. And there are some in this room... A good, a good dozen maybe, who have been saved for about three weeks. And those who have just been saved have everything that the child of God has that, that has been saved for, for half a dozen decades or so, more than that. The Bible says in the beginning of Ephesians, Right after the opening salutations, Paul writes to the church and says that they are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. However, many Christians find themselves living in a spiritual Great Depression, if you will. Spiritually poor, defeated, weak lives when they're setting on an abundance of wealth. So tonight, as we look at the blessed life, when I say blessed, I'm, I'm speaking of happiness, happy, true happiness, to the greatest measure, the happiest life that anyone could possibly have. Jesus Christ gives that. He gives a, the best life. The blessed life is the best life. And He gives it, and He gives not only three things, but three things we're going to look at tonight for the experience of the blessed life. And one is fearing the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Another is trusting the Lord. And another is walking in the wisdom of the Lord. In the 128th Psalm here, it simply says, Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in His ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. The message from God's Word, as simple as can be, happy are you, If you fear the Lord, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Am I saying that we need to be scared of the Lord? Am I saying that we need to be afraid of the Lord? Reverence. Reverential awe of the Lord. A respect for the Lord. This is a very real, personal part of our relationship with Jesus Christ is the fear of the Lord. To experience the rich blessings that we have in Christ, one way that's going to come about is by fear. There's, as we grow in Christ, there is going to grow within us a, a reverential fear of the Lord. Even, even when we don't see the blessings that come from it, we are blessed for our fear of the Lord. It is a joy to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And our reverence is going to bring about an, an experience with God of being blessed. How, how We talk about the fear of the Lord a lot in Ecclesiastes on Wednesdays. And we're going to be speaking about it some more. But how about these few ingredients for having a fear of God. I mean, if there's a little bit of a blank there, what does it mean to fear God? How about this? We dread to offend Him. There's a dread within us. We don't want to offend our Father. But on the other side of things, we're excited to please Him. That's a miracle to me. When I I have read in the Word of God that, that... He will take sinners and save us, and then our lives can be pleasing to Him. That He would even break forth in singing over our lives. What a wonderful thing. And there is within us a child of God, a new creature in Christ with the Holy Spirit living in us, an excitement that God can be pleased and that we can please Him. That's part of fearing the Lord. How about submission to Him? That's not a popular word today. Submit ourselves. But when we fear the Lord, we're going to submit ourselves to God. Within the fear of the Lord is going to be obedience. We want to obey God if we fear Him. Jesus says, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Fearing the Lord opens the floodgates to holy living. I take the Bible as a command where it says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. There's... There's another miracle there in salvation that He, that he takes a heathen sinner like, like me and that we can actually start living in holiness and in obedience to that command to be holy. But we can't do it apart from fearing the Lord. We must have this reverence for God. To fear the Lord resu- results in walking in the ways of the Lord. And that's where true happiness is experienced. There's some kind of temporary fun, pleasure, and sin. It sure stings in the end. I tell you what, true happiness is walking in the ways of the Lord. Joy is not found in talking about the fear of the Lord and then living as someone who believes that there is no God, there is no joy in that. But if His ways become our ways, that is the everyday experience of a blessed life. Christian ought to be the happiest person on the face of this earth because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And when we walk in His ways, that is is being blessed. The heart that reverences God have, has feet that follow Him. What's in our heart is going to be seen in our day-to-day walk. Whatever we do with our lives, that's going to tell what's in our heart toward God. You know, we find in the very first verse of this entire book of the Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I know of a young man, and he had a wonderful opportunity in a, in a spiritual existence, uh, an everyday spiritual living condition he was in. Not in a family, but in, but in such a place where there was devotion every morning. There were Christians being restored. And, and this particular young man had a, had a fellow talking to him about the Word of God. Every day they would stay up till 2 a.m. And Charlie would tell this young man about spiritual truths. He had just been where that young man was, but he was being restored and he was loving the Word of God. And every day he was sharing the Word of God with him for five months. And I I don't know how the process works where it was. I guess they thought this fellow had matured to a place where he could take a new guy under his wing. And a new guy came into the situation and took him out in the field to work. And that new fella talked to him for two days about the things of the world and wanting to be back in the things of the world. And after five months of hearing the word of God, he was off with this fella and, and and left a great opportunity. And to this day, he's miserable for doing so and he he regrets the decision that he made. He is not happy. But blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But there's not just something absent from our walk that's going to make us happy. There's going to be something active in our walk that's going to make us happy. It says, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in His ways. To enjoy the blessed life comes from an active walk in certain ways, in in godly ways. Ways our Lord gave us an example of that we are to walk in. The blessed one shows us the blessed way. And the blessed life, it gives God glory. I'm talking about the greatest measure of happiness the Christian can possibly have, but let's make no mistake about the most important thing about this is that... A godly life that fears the Lord, it gives God glory. But let me say after that, it's it's the happiest possible life for you and I to walk in His ways. What child of God wouldn't, wouldn't desire that, wouldn't want the most joyful life they could possibly have. We have the formula for heaping up happiness and and a requirement is the fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord, a growing in the fear of the Lord that we reverence Him. We reverence Him in all we say. We reverence Him in all we do. He stops our tongue right in our tracks. He stops our lives right in our tracks, and we think about what we do because we, we fear Him. We don't want to oppose Him. We don't want to offend Him. We want to please Him in what we do. We want to obey Him. That's what reverencing the Lord is, and And happy are you if you do so. It's a blessed life to do that. We can expect joy from following Jesus. And I'm telling you what, He gives it to us. Yes, there are troubles and there are trials in our lives. But ultimately, all is well. All is well for those who live in the ways of the Lord and fear Him. This experience of fearing the Lord it really does cast out any other fear. You you won't fear anything else when you fear the Lord. When the fear of the Lord is upon you, when you do something out of the fear of the Lord impressing upon you, you're, you're not fearful about what's going to come back at all. Because you have done what you have done in the fear of the Lord for His glory. When we walk in the fear of the Lord, His protection is upon us and His approval is assuring us. The blessed life is only going to take place by by fearing the Lord. And oh, how happy we are when we do. But not only when we fear the Lord but when we trust in the Lord. I'm not talking about trusting in Him just to be saved from your sins and to become a Christian. I'm talking about a life of walking with the Lord and trusting Him in all things. In Proverbs chapter 16 and the end of verse 20, it simply says, And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. A blessed life for trusting in the Lord. The best life you could possibly have for trusting in the Lord. The experience of placing your confidence in God in all things. There is no disappointment for the soul who places their trust in the Lord. Who is confident in Him. The one whose hope is in the Lord is happy for sure. And we no longer look to our own ways. We know that we know that it's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps, but our confidence is not in our own discernment of things, but in what God leads us to and what God does through us. Trust in the Lord. It's the way for us to be happy in the Lord. Psalms 12 Psalms 2 and 12 says, Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. You know, that still stands today. It still stands today. Those who place their trust in the Lord, they will not perish. Those who place their trust in the Lord, they will not be condemned. Those who place their trust in the Lord have life, have everlasting life through His holy name. In the 118th Psalm and verses 8 and 9 it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. We, We do not find our refuge in man. We find our refuge in God. Man will always let us down in some way or another. But you and I will never be disappointed with our trust in God. Fleeing to God. It provides the best life. This this life of faith and what we cannot see and the one we're communicating with through His Word and, and through prayer and a real relationship that moves and impresses upon us and guides us and, and to trust Him in this relationship that we have. We should flee to Him in all things. David's confidence at one time was in Saul. And and there are times in the Bible where you can find that David has some confidence in man. And he was let down every time. And he was disappointed uh, over and over. But that doesn't happen with the Lord. He's never going to lie to you. He doesn't break any promises. You know, when, when truth becomes familiar... Every day, it, it just feels good. You read it, and, and you not only read it, but, but God brings to remembrance in an occasion in your life the trust that you can have in Him by the Word that He would speak to your heart by way of remembrance of what you've studied from His Word. It's always good. It's always right. And you will never be let down by the Lord. His Word will stand. You'll never be Disappointed. Trust is an everyday experience with the Lord. And nothing is more profitable than to learn the truth and to dwell in the presence of the Lord. Trusting in His power, when we confide in God, we will never go without the benefits that come along with Him. Our trust needs to be in Him. Man, man is weak but God is mighty. Man is selfish. God is generous. Man may take, but God gives. It's a much sweeter life to depend upon God. It's it's better than the life of a prince. It's better to trust in the Lord than to place your trust in princes, the Bible said. The, The life that God gives out of trust in Him, it's better than the life of a prince, but there's Something else I want us to talk about tonight, and that is wisdom. Wisdom gives you and I the blessed life. Chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Happy is the man that what that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths... Peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. Blessed is the life that finds wisdom. The wealth of wisdom from above gives us the continual blessing of true happiness in our lives. Someone said, people know the price of everything, but the value of nothing, and end up with shoddy merchandise. Wisdom cannot be purchased, but it's given. It's given from God for the best life. Wisdom is not just having knowledge. It's not just being intelligent in the Scriptures. It's not just knowing the Bible. We can know the Bible, and just to know it, it's really not going to do us a bit of good in our lives. But wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge to life. So so we won't say... I know what the Bible says, I know what I should have done, but this is what I did instead. That's lack of wisdom. Wisdom is, I know what the Bible says about this situation, and thank God that He brought it to remembrance to me, and I did what His Word said. A couple of wonderful deacons I know in in my life, they... uh, they, I never met their father, but their father was a, was a simple, plain man, Christian man. And they would go to him as kids and ask him if they could do something. No, you can't do that. Well, why can't we do that, Dad? Because it's wrong. Can we do this? Yeah, that's okay. Must be right. Uh, that, that's okay. That's okay. Son's right. You can do that. It was simply knowing the Bible and applying it to life that led these two young men. Wisdom, the ability to apply knowledge to life. That is worth finding. That gives a happy life. Terrible decisions end up in misery. A dead-end road. But wisdom... It's something more valuable than anything you can find on this earth. And it is worth finding. It doesn't tarnish. It never fades like like any material thing upon this earth. By wisdom comes pleasantness. By wisdom, we have peace. I'm not talking about peace with God. That comes in salvation. But the peace of God, with wisdom comes peace in our lives. Wisdom is life. Wisdom is the best measure of happiness that there is. And God gives it. These priceless blessings are given to those who find wisdom. The best prospering in this world is not by the wealth of this world. It's by spiritual wealth that we can gain. What we gain by wisdom is better than any amount of silver or gold or, or rubies or, or any jewels as it says in the Word here. No material thing compares to wisdom. The value of it that God is putting emphasis on for our lives, the ability to apply His Word to our life. It is, it is spiritually golden. It makes for a blessed life. The ways of wisdom... They are pleasant. The peace that comes from it, it's priceless. A big old nice mansion to live in, but, but no peace in the home. No peace in the family. It can't be bought. But peace comes from wisdom, and it's priceless. The 119th Psalm says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Proverbs sixteen seven says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. That peace in this world, that is a wonderful thing. We really think we can white-knuckle it and bow up, and, and we don't care what others think and this and that. We, we're fooling ourselves. we The most important thing is our conviction in the Lord, but we... We want to have peace in all things. The path is pleasant down wisdom's way. There is no full spiritual experience in the Christian life without the wisdom of God. Therefore, the Bible says to get it. We're ur- urged by God to get wisdom. Get this ability to apply my word to your life. Through Proverbs, we find the quality of wisdom and the value of wisdom expressed in many different ways. Chapter 3, verse 22, Wisdom gives life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Chapter 4, verse 13, Wisdom is thy life. Chapter 4, verse 22, it speaks of life and health because of wisdom. 835, Wisdom leads to obtaining the favor of the Lord. Chapter 10, verse 11, The mouth is a well of life with wisdom chapter 11 verse 30 soul winners are wise from wisdom comes soul winning 1228 there is life and no death with wisdom chapter 13 verse 14 with wisdom it, there's a fountain of life. Without wisdom, there's the snares of death. Twenty-one, twenty-one. wisdom leads to following after righteousness and mercy, and what you find is life and righteousness and honor. Wisdom is the source of a long, fruitful life. It's making a connection from the knowledge of what is right And what is wrong to carrying out what is right and not carrying out what is wrong in our lives. And every child of God can have it. It is valuable, it is precious, and it makes for pleasantness and peace in our lives. James says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God is a mighty, generous giver, and he has informed us of what we need for a blessed life. And He gives it. He gives it all. Kind of reminds me of the little boy who went to the store with his mother. And they walked into this little general store and the, the shop owner immediately came over to this little boy with a, with a, with a little jar and he had, he had suckers in that jar. And he said, get you a handful of suckers, boy. And he backed off and got kind of sheepish and got a little shy and the man looked at him and so then he, he reached in himself and grabbed him a handful and that little boy opened his hands and he put all those suckers in his hand. And they walked outside, the little boy and his mother did, and she said, why did you act so shy in front of him when he offered you those suckers? And the little boy said, his hand is bigger than my hand. See? Both of my hands are full. God has provided everything that we need which is for life which is much bigger than anything we could ever come up with on our own for ourselves. He provides the joyful, pleasant, blessed life that we could never get on our own. The blessed life is the best life. I'm convinced of it. We we have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. But, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The experience of the Lord is enough for me to say amen to He gives the best life we could ever possibly have. A life of fearing the Lord. A life of trusting the Lord. A life filled with the wisdom of the Lord. And when you think about the fear of the Lord, and trusting the Lord, and His wisdom, all three of these are things we constantly mature in, and we constantly grow in, as we look to Christ, as we live for Christ. He is constantly conforming us to the image of His dear Son. And these things are always maturing in our lives. So can we say by that, that life can get better and better? Even through the trials, even, even through the troubles, we've, we've preached and we've talked a lot about our trials and troubles lately. I think it's valuable to talk about those things and the victory that we have. But through all of those things, it, it's a blessed life. And God's in control. And we couldn't arrange it any better than He has. That's part of the trust. Fearing and trusting and, and, and wisdom. We grow in all of those things. I think about what Paul says. For me to live is Christ. I have a commentary about a hundred years old from an old country boy preacher. And what the way he says that verse, there's, there's no improving the King James Version, but, but what he says in his thoughts as he thinks about that is, you know, Paul was... He was deceived in religion, and he was responsible for the stoning of Christians or trying to put them in jail and persecute them in any and every way he could. And then when he came to Christ, he says, for me to live is Christ." Or, man, I am really living now. What a wonderful life we have in Jesus Christ. And and to think that maybe there's someone here tonight who has never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. You receive, when you're saved, everything that you could ever need everything that you that anyone could ever have in the christian life you have it the moment you believe in jesus christ as your lord and savior you're you're walking on it and you discover it and it starts working its way into your life and you and you start to see wow if if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new we are changed our lives are no longer the same when Jesus Christ comes into our heart. All the love, all the joy, all the peace we could ever have, we, we grow in the experience of it. And He's changing our lives. I'm excited to see the change that He might continue to make in my life and all of the young people who have just professed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I can't wait to see that change. And, and maybe there's someone here tonight though and you have never received Christ. And you have the opportunity to discover He, he gives you everything that a Christian will ever have throughout their life on this earth, no matter how long they live. But most importantly, I've heard Christ presented as to trust Him and He'll give you a better life. That's not the gospel. The gospel is the good news of how Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He was raised again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Jesus Christ died in our place for our sins. There's something that happens in the heart whenever we're being drawn to Christ. No man cometh unto the Father except that the Father draw him. And it's a dealing with sin. There's no doubt something that's going on that we need to... We need to deal with our sins. There's a penalty for sin, and that is death. And and not only physical death, but but in separation from God for all eternity for our sins. And, And Jesus Christ paid that for us on the cross. He paid it in full, and God is pleased. God raised Him from the dead. And He's pleased with His dear Son for what He did for us. And He took your place, and He took my place. And so if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, believed in Him by placing your trust in Him. Your confidence is in what He did for you. And you're personally receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. You can do that tonight if you're not saved. If, for the child of God here, praise God that we have something that we're constantly growing and maturing in that gives us the best life. We could possibly have. Let us bow to the Lord in a word of prayer. And then we're going to have a time of invitation. As you might move as God is moving on your heart. Father God. and We come before you tonight. We bow before your presence. We thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word that. Gives us the encouragement that. That we need to see the blessed life that you have in store for all of us. We thank you for your eternal salvation that you have provided for us. We thank you for saving so many. We thank you for the power of your word and its change in our lives. Help us to continue to edify and to, to build up one another, Lord, by your word, by your truth. And have your way in hearts even this evening. May we obey you from our hearts. Your word says to obey the gospel or to, or to render submissive acceptance to what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And Father, if there's one here who is not saved, we pray that they would be saved tonight before it's eternally too late, that they would see the danger of delay, and that they could know by your word that you, that you say today is the day of salvation. So we thank you for all of these things. We thank you for this worship service tonight and, and a time that you're speaking to our hearts and in a special way that we can't hear, but the, the impression upon us, Lord, may, may we move in obedience to you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. If everyone could please stand. Page 465, 465. every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy